So we're still talking about growing, and this kind of ends our series on growth, and it's, it's kind of part two of what I preached two weeks ago of our growth and also with our battle with the enemy. This is the part two of that. If you remember, we talked about the armor of God, and we spoke about three of them, and we'll hit the last three today. So I hope that everybody is allowing God to continue to shape your minds daily, to continue to let the Word be what transforms you. I, I can't, again, it is extremely important that we let the Word of God transform who we are, that we let the Word of God mold us and shape us and turn us into the men and women that He has ordained for us to be. And a scripture that we, we've, we've mentioned before is Romans 12, 1 and 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It is God that transforms us and can change the way we think. It is absolutely only God that can do that. It says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So if we want to know God's will, we need to let God transform us in the way we think, the way we behave. Let God's word do that. Amen. So I started to think about, you know, how, how, often, how often do you think about the Lord every day? Like how much time do you spend thinking about God on a daily basis? Do you think about God when you wake up? Is that the first thing you think about? You know, it, it, do you think about God when you go to sleep? Do you think about God in between? Do you only think about Him in the morning? Do you only think about Him at night? You know, where, where are we? You know, do we only think about Him on Sundays? You know, do we think about the Lord all the time? You know, I, you know, I ran into somebody yesterday that I was speaking with, and we were talking about this, and he said to me that he tries to think about Jesus every 15 minutes. And I'm like, well, that, that's good. But, you know, I started to think about how, how, how often do I think about Jesus and and, I, and I, I, I'm thinking about God all the time, to be honest with you. I'm thinking about God, like, all the time. And um, even when I'm not in church, I'm thinking about God. Even when I'm doing things that are not even related to church, God's always on my mind. I'm sure He is with, with many of you. And I've actually been accused of being someone who... I've ever had. To, to be told, you know, you're always thinking about God and always thinking about the spiritual things. Yes, yes and yes. We are thinking about the spiritual thing. It is the Word of God that will transform us. It is the Word of God that takes us from place to place. And it is a Word of God that allows us to grow. Without that, what, what, are, what are we without the Word of God? Right? We need the Word of God. And so, it just reminds me of the goal that we have here at our church. You guys hear it a lot. We want you guys to... To know it, we want you to know it without even knowing that you know it, but we want you to understand that what our church is about, it's about loving God with all of your heart. Our church is about loving God with every ounce of your strength, with every ounce of your mind, with every ounce of your soul. It's about loving our God. And then by loving God, we then learn to love others. And if we could learn to love others the way God tells us to love one another, then we're on the right path. And of course, we want to do things with that demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Please don't forget that part. We do, we do things, we walk our walk with the Lord by demonstrating through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I hope you guys understand that. I hope it's ingrained in you because that's who we are. We, that's who we are here. We are people that demonstrate the love of God by loving others with the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So if you've noticed, you know that we have an enemy that wants to come and destroy everything. And the strategies that he has is, is very clear. Right now he's using a strategy that is an age-old strategy of divide and conquer. It's what the enemy is trying to do currently. And I'm not talking about just in our society as a whole. I'm talking within the church because he can care less about the world. He already has that. What he wants to divide and conquer is the church, the people of God. And it's happening. Just divided and not only weak Christians, but strong Christians as well. There are people who don't read the Bible, people who do read the Bible. This tactic that the enemy is using is um, actually very effective. You know, those of us or that are strong need to be careful. And those of you that are weak need to become strong and be careful. So we all have to be careful. So, so some people that don't read the Bible and call themselves a Christian, they don't pray much. I've seen that there's a lot of bickering between Christians. There's a lot of offending between Christians right now. Uh, for example, I, you know, heard somebody say that it's very difficult to become, to be a Christian right now because of how people are acting and behaving when it comes to wearing masks, for example. You know, some people wear the mask and then some people don't. I don't want, you know, some Christians don't wear a mask and, and they, you know, they should be wearing it and it goes back and forth. And then people start to become offended with one another to the point where they, they're ready to just break contact with them, with, with the other believers. And that's what a terrible thing that is, that people are willing to, to separate from each other over a mask. You know, uh, you know, we need to be united. We need to be extremely united at this point in time. And we can't be divided over these issues, which are really trivial. They really are. And so the strong people, how are they getting in the mix of this? Well, the devil, again, he's very sneaky and tactful. And so you have people that are, that are just fighting the good fight. They're fighting hard. They're, they're doing everything they can to stand up and to show this world who God is. But the problem is when they start coming against people that don't know God or they're coming, uh, people are coming against God altogether, what they, what they forget is what the scripture says. It says we are not fighting against flesh and blood. Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. So we can't let the things of this world, we can't let anger and feeling like we're just mad come, you know, break us from contact from, from one another. We can't allow that because that's the tactic that the enemy has. He wants to divide the church so that he can conquer it. And the church needs to stay united. We need to understand the strategies of the evil one, and we have to fight against it with the scriptures. Amen? Amen. So no matter what happens, we still have to conduct ourselves in the manner that God wants us to conduct ourselves. We have to live a life worthy of our calling in Christ Jesus. We have to live a life that shows this world who our God is. By our life, by the examples of our life, people need to see the power of the Holy Spirit. People need to see that it is only through Christ that we can be saved. And how they are going to see that if they don't see it through our lives? So they need to see it through our lives. We need to understand the battle. So I want to read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through Put 
put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers, evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing. And we have to understand that we also will be victorious because our God is victorious. Let's not forget that. We will be victorious, but we are going through it. It's that simple. We're going through it, but we are going to be victorious. And, and just about all of us are going through something, but we will be victorious in the name of Jesus. So today we're going to talk about faith, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and also the sword of the Spirit. So verse 15 of Ephesians 6 says, In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Now, two things kind of stand out here is that we are under attack and the enemy uses fiery darts. He, he, he attacks us. Okay? It's that simple. And the thing is that the armor protects us from that. Now, we're not crazy people like I, some... <laughs> You know, I have to share this example of a church I went to and the, one of the staff members just came running and he dove in front of the pastor. And I was like, what in the world is happening here? And what he was doing was he was taking an arrow for the pastor. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about when we're talking about this. The enemy attacks us, but there's not actual flaming arrows coming at me that you have to jump in front to protect me or anything like that god protects us but the enemy it's it the enemy attacks us with things like pride lust you know so on and so on and so on shield so there was one that was like a like shaped like a door and it was a big shield and then those, they also used to use the small ones that you can move around a little easier. What the scripture is talking about here is the big shield that is shaped like a door that um, you've probably maybe seen in the movies when they shoot those arrows and they all get in the shields and the, the arrows just hit the shields and nothing happens. You know, that's, that's the, the type of shield that we're seeing there and it's faith that will overcome every attack of our enemy. Okay, we need to understand that. Is our faith that will attack that? It was our faith. Is it our faith that will protect us against all the different tactics of our enemy? Are, are we all kind of understanding that? Our faith is important. And if you're not sure about that, read, read uh, Hebrews chapter 11. That's a great book of faith. And, you know, there we see how by faith the saints were able to accomplish many things. You know, read it on your own because it's. I'm not going to read a whole chapter right here, but by faith. Um, well, I'm going to read a few of it. So I'm going to read 11 Hebrews 11 verses 1 through 3. It says faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation, and by faith we understand the entire universe was formed at God's command that we that what we see. What we now see did not come from anything 
that can be seen. So faith is the evidence of what we don't see. So it's our hope in God. That's our faith. And so by faith, we have Abel in the Bible that was credited, you know, as doing good by faith. By faith, Enoch. By faith, it was Noah. By faith, Abraham and Sarah served the Lord. By faith, Isaac did. By faith, Jacob did. By faith, Joseph. And by faith, Moses. And by faith, also his parents did. And again and again, and by faith, Joshua, and by faith, Israel, and even the prostitute Rahab, by faith, did good in the eyes of the Lord. And so by faith, we have to say that here, La Mirada One Church is going to do good by the Lord by faith. That the city of La Mirada is going to do good by faith. By faith, the city of Norwalk. By faith, the city of Whittier. By faith, the city of Buena Park. By faith, the city of Santa Fe Springs. By faith, all the cities around. We have by faith in the name of Jesus. that we move and that is our belief in the one and only true God there is no other God except Jesus Christ we're outside right now and maybe the neighbors can hear me so I'll say it even louder there is only one true God and that is Jesus Christ you cannot get to heaven any other way you cannot be saved any other way only through Jesus that is it end of story there our God is the one and only. Praise Jesus. Hebrews eleven thirty two through 40. I'll read that. It says, And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. And then there were others. This, this part isn't as nice, but it's still by faith that even through troubles, by faith we can endure. Yes, amen. Only one amen? amen. <laughs> Only by faith can we endure hardships and troubles, and we see that time and time in scriptures as well. So let's keep reading. It says there were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an ex uh, even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and some even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. Amen. The world is not worthy of those saints who have given their all for our Lord Jesus. They wandered in the deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So by faith, we know that no matter what happens, we have something better and that is with God. And it might not happen here on this earth, but it will happen. We will be with our God and we will be made perfect in Jesus' name. And we will, we will see the glory of God. And that is hope. That is our hope. Faith does not guarantee us an earthly success. So don't, you know, it, we can't be out there saying, okay, come, come to church, be a Christian, and everything is going to go well with you. You know, I, 
I've heard people say that, but we can't say that because it's not honest. Being a Christian doesn't mean that everything's going to go well with you. In fact, sometimes it goes worse because the world is now against you and you have to stand up against the grain. So faith doesn't guarantee that success, but, it, but through faith we win great victories. Yes. It is through faith that we win great victories. One thing that faith will guarantee is that it will please our God. Our God will be pleased by our faith. Our God will be happy to see us faithful in Him. Because one day when we get up there, He can say, good work, faithful servants. So we have to be faithful to be called faithful. Amen? Great things for the Word of God. So how much more should we do getting to have a personal relationship with Christ? Knowing God in a way that they couldn't even know God. But we have that. So how much more should we be doing? How much more motivation should we have? The answer to that is we should have more motivation. We should be doing more for the kingdom of God. But we can't do that if we don't have that relationship with God where it needs to be. So that we can be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do things that in our own strength we cannot do. Does that make sense? We can't do things in our own strength, but in God's strength we can. Filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do things that you would have never thought you can do. Amen? Amen. The, next, the next armor is the helmet of salvation. Verse 17 of Ephesians 6 says, Take the helmet of salvation. And we, all, we know the helmet has to do with your head. And in your head... There's usually a brain, and in there, there is beliefs, and you, could un you need to understand that. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? Like, usually, well, yeah. <laughs> we have a mind, and in our mind is where we believe. And we have to be assured of our salvation. We have to know 100% that we are saved. And that assurance will help us to stand against the enemy. And we've all probably had a doubt here and there. You know, am I really saved? You know, get, get behind me, Satan, with those thoughts. Because we are saved in the name of Jesus. Because we know what God did. And we know who our God is. And we are assured of our salvation. So when the accuser comes, you can say, I am a man or woman of God. And you cannot move me from that position. That is our assurance, and that is the helmet that will keep us in times of trouble. And we do not waver from that. We are not people who waver. We are men of women who serve the Most High God, the one and only God, the Creator of this earth, the victor of all victors, the more than conquerors. That is our God. That is who we serve. That is who you are. That is who we are. Paul says in 2 Timothy Verses uh, 1 and 2, he's imprisoned at this time for sharing the gospel. And he says, that's why I'm suffering here in prison. He says, but I am not ashamed of it. He says, I'm not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust. So he's in jail. He's going through all these problems. He says, I'm not worried about it, because I know who my God is. Can we have that same kind of conviction that no matter what happens, we know who our God is? I think we can. I think we can. And I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. In the same way, 
He will guard us until his return or until we go to him. The point is we know who our God is and we can be assured of our salvation 100%. Do not let the enemy try to trick you into thinking that you maybe didn't open your heart for reals or that it wasn't complete. Don't let him deceive you that way. Because if you believe in Jesus and know that he died on the cross and open your heart and receive them, know that he died for your sins and that he resurrected, then you believe and you are assured salvation. Praise Jesus. You know, there is not one person that can be effective in ministry or in their walk with God if they're not assured of their salvation. If you are assured of, of your salvation, which you are, and if you're not, you need to be. You need to be assured of that and, and be assured through the scriptures and that you will see that you can do all things through Christ because he is the one that gives you strength. And the last part is the sword of the Spirit. Ephesians 6, 17 says, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is the sword. The Word of God is that one offensive weapon that we have in our arsenal. It is the Word of God that we need to use. If you remember Jesus, He used His words, the words of God, when He battled the accuser in the desert. It is the Word of God that will fend off the enemy. It is the Word of God that will help you through the situations that you're in. It is the Word of God. It's, it's, the Word of God is that sword that will destroy whatever is in front of it because there is no power that can match the Word of God. And, and we have the Word of God at our disposal. Problem is, we don't always read it the way we should. We don't always take time to be in the Gospels. And, and that's something that we need to really reconsider, if that's you, to spend a little bit more time in the Word. Even if it's a little bit more time. Even if it's five minutes more a day. Even if it's a couple minutes. Just spend a little more time in the Word and you will see the mighty power of God. It is the word of God that we use to fight off the, the, the enemy. It is the word of God that we use to, to the same way Jesus did. When the enemy comes at you, you use the word of God. You know, it's, it's, it's it, David did that in scriptures. I'll read from Psalms 119 verse 9 through 11 says, how can a young person stay pure? You know, I get questions like that you know, from, from not even reading the scriptures. You know, how can a young person stay pure? I just can't do this. I'm so young, I'm having all these things. I, you know, how can a young person stay pure? It says right there in the Word of God, by obeying your Word. By obeying the Word of God. How can you stay pure? How can you stay holy? How can you stay righteous? By obeying the Word of God. Verse 10 says, I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. This is David crying out to God. King David says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations that you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches, and I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. These are examples that we need to take to heart and to take to our lives here in this day and age. We need to seek God with everything. We need to cry out to God. May we not forget His words. May, may, may God be with us. You know, how can we stay the course? By 
Obeying the word of God. How can, how can we do anything? By obeying the word of God. How can I be a good person? By obeying the word of God. How can I be even a faithful steward? How can I be a good steward of the finances? Well, obey the word of God. How can I be good in my heart? Obey the word of God. I think you're getting the picture here. We need to obey the word of God. How can I, how can I show other people who God is? By obeying the word of God. How can I stay away from, from the sin that entangles? By obeying the word of God. How can I be filled with the Holy Spirit? By obeying the word of God. We don't go from emotion to emotion. We go from faith and truth to our God. Holy Spirit, help us. It's a word of God that will impact those. And we don't even know what, what you, the word of God is doing to those who hear it. The, the, just one word of scripture in the ears of somebody who needs to. So we need to be sharing the Word of God. We need to be using the Word of God. I've seen it in my life. And when I first got saved, I had like a million problems, a million things I was dealing with, a million addictions that were pulling at me. Just I had problems. And one of the things that I did was just call on the Word of God. I memorized the Scripture. I memorized the Scripture. Lord, you know, just uh, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And I remembered that. Resist the devil and he will flee. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And every time I felt attacked by something, I would recite that and recite that and recite that. And sometimes cry in anguish and pain. And you know what? God was there with me and God saw me through. Now why won't he see you through as well? He will. Absolutely he will. He saw King David through. He saw his saints through the scriptures. He saw Paul through. Why will he not see you through? Isn't he not the same yesterday, today, and forever? Is he not our mighty God? And he will see you through. But his word will see you through. So, so how do you get the word? If the, only, the only place you get the word is through sermons. You, you, you got to take some time to get in the word yourself. You got to take some time to read the Bible and, and, and hear it for yourself through scriptures. We're here to help you and to guide you in the right direction, but you need to get into the Word. You need to... ...obedience in His Word. Again, it's not about rules and regulations. It's about that relationship with our... And the Word of God will destroy, will pulverize, will disappear from the face of this earth, the attacks of the evil one. Yes. So we need to use that Word of God. And we will see God's mighty hand. And that's the armor of God that the Bible tells us. That is the Word of God. That is the armor of God from truth to righteousness, the gospel of peace. We talked today about faith, the shield of faith, salvation. Be assured of their salvation and the word of God. But then if you read just a little bit more, 
in Ephesians. Just a little bit more. If you just read one more verse after the armor of God, it says something that also is extremely important for the church. And that is to pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Pray in the Spirit. You know, how many of us are, are praying? You don't have to answer that or raise your hand or anything. But how many of us are actually praying? How many of us are spending the time in prayer? You know, prayer, again, doesn't have to be, you know, these long-worded prayers like you're giving an invocation every time you sit at home and pray. So how many of you just sit and spend time with God? You know, I, I roll out of bed and I'm like, oh, good morning, God. You know, I wonder how today is going to be. No, I don't wake up and say, Thou shalt lead my day, O Lord. <laughs> Just talk to God. Just be yourself. Because He is with you. And He talks to you where you're at, on your level. Exactly where you're at is where God is. Stay alert, says the Word of God. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. What does that mean? We pray for one another. When we send out the emails that have prayer needs, take time to look at it and pray for one another. Don't just put it in your junk box and delete it. You know, let's pray for one another. You know, when, when we have our prayer services, try, try to make it. You know, um, as a matter of fact, maybe this Wednesday, I'll challenge the church this Wednesday, if you guys would like to fast and pray this Wednesday for part of the day or a little bit of the day let's do that this Wednesday this coming Wednesday let's do that and let's do okay it's done for this church we're we're gonna fast and pray on Wednesday <laughs> it's not Thanksgiving is it no okay <laughs> the day before yeah so you'll be ready to the next day the, the point is we need to be praying we need to be trusting in God and we need to do that as a church. We need to be praying for one another. Pray for me too, verse 19. It says, And ask God to give me the right word so I can boldly explain the mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and the, and the Gentiles alike. If you, if you look at that, that boldness comes from the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that gives us that boldness to be able to share the good news. In verse 20, I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Same thing for us. Pray for us so that we can keep on speaking boldly for Jesus. How does that look in your individual life? It means you share where you can by your life, by your words. How does that look for our church? Outreach, evangelism, we share by doing things. God has laid heavy on my heart that, that we need to be doing things out there. And, and we need to evangelize. We need to share the gospel. It doesn't even matter exactly what we do. It, it matters that we trust God and do what He's asking. And He's asking that. So prayer is needed for victory. We need to be praying and we need to share the word of God. So as I close up here, I'm remember reminded of that that song. I, I, you know, I'm really glad you guys didn't want a pastor that can sing because that is just not me. <laughs> I look over there because.
Priscilla. <laughs> I'll never forget that, ever forget that. It's, and it's not a bad thing, but I, I was trying to sing Christmas carols one day, and we went out caroling, and I just threw the whole group off tune. And um, Priscilla very graciously asked me if I could just move to the side. <laughs> I moved to the side because I know I didn't want to throw anybody off. Oh, I'm bad. I'm bad. When, when the church is praising, I'm there praising, but you guys can't hear me. If I ever forget to turn my, my, the mic off, we're all in trouble. But there's that song, Onward Christian Soldiers. Right? I'm not... <laughs> well, we will go forward because of the cross of Jesus. So if you have not opened your heart to the Lord, right now is the perfect opportunity to do so. If you're watching and you don't know Jesus, open your heart to God. You know, join the team. Join the suffering of the saints. And we will be glorified in the end. And we will have victory in the end through Christ Jesus. Know that Jesus Christ died for you, for your sins, for your salvation, because all of us are sinners. None of us are worthy. But Jesus says we are and died for us. And through that, victorious over death and sin and anything else that gets in his way we have victory through Christ Jesus and if we believe that we are assured of assured of our salvation so open your heart open your mind and believe today and for all of those who are already believers continue to believe but continue to obey the word obey the word of God like you've never obeyed it before obey the word of God like you've never done that before, like, like, like your life depends on it. Pray together. We're going to see God's glory. You know, we, we, we will see revival. We will see the movement of God, but it needs, it, God doesn't need us, but we need to serve Him. We need to serve Him. We need to praise God. We need to worship God. So I want to end here today. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask that the worship team come up and sing that the, the song, the last song you guys sang, and we're going to sing that and praise God and worship Him and just uh, end with that. But let me pray for you all right now and just um, ask the Holy Spirit. I know the Holy Spirit is working in our hearts and I know the Holy Spirit is here. So Father, we just ask you to continue to work in our lives. We ask you, Father, to break the chains that have kept us, Father, from serving you with all of our hearts in all areas of our lives. Help us, Father, surrender the things in our life that cause us to, to fall, to sing today, to praise, Father God, to listen to your word, and to be in your presence in a way that is it's just marvelous, Father, how we could be in, in your presence as a church together. And I just ask you, Father God, I pray for the churches that are out there, Lord Jesus, that are there's a lot of churches struggling to find their way. And I pray, Father God, that you that you bring those leaders to their knees, that you bring our leaders in this church to their knees so that we can serve you with everything that we have, Lord Jesus. And that we could understand that we are we are in a time where we need to seek you. Not worry about other things, but seek you, Lord. So, Father, we praise you and we glorify you. And I pray, Father, for your saints this morning. 
And as we sing this song, Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit just begin to, 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 to bubble up in them a well of living water, Lord, and let that water just flow, just flow from your saints this morning. And may there be healing, may, there be, may, may they be chains breaking, may they be people coming back to you, renewing their walk with you, Lord Jesus. May this time be a time of reflection and praise unto you, Lord. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And this song is for you, Father. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.